It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company bringing you life-changing nutritional information. We have a great topic today, a topic that many listeners have really requested many times, understanding your cholesterol numbers, what's normal and what's not. More important is, how can you take charge of your eating to change your unhealthy numbers into great cholesterol numbers? You know, to help me to get to the facts about cholesterol, our co-host today is Anna Derhock, and Anna has a master's degree in nutrition. She's a licensed nutritionist. I think, but even more important, mm-hmm. cholesterol problems is an issue in her family, just as it is in my family, genetics. Yep. You know, heart disease, diabetes, we have a strong genetic family <laughs> predisposition, don't we, Anna? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, today we just want to help erase some of those misconceptions and a lot of misunderstanding about cholesterol. And we are happy to take your cholesterol calls or questions. Um, if you do have a question, just call 651-641-1071. And also, I'm pleased to have Greg Peterson join us today. You know, our longtime listeners know Greg as the research man, (laughs) (laughs) and they love it when he's on. Greg is the co-owner of Nutrition Dynamics, a company providing quality supplements to healthcare providers, and even better than the quality supplements that he represents is his ongoing nutrition education he provides, you know, not only to healthcare professionals, but also to people with health issues looking for more information. So, Greg, thank you for coming today, and welcome. Thank you for having me. I always appreciate it. Uh, (laughs) It's great to see Anna and Dar again and share a little bit of information on nutrition. It's my my passion. So you actually sponsored a couple of great workshops for both practitioners and also for the general public. Can you explain to people a little bit? Yeah, what we're trying to do, we always have, you know, as you know, Dar through the years brought in uh, opinion leaders, seminar speakers, uh, experts on nutrition from around the country to speak to practitioners, you know, and explain to them the different research pieces they're doing and so forth. But recently we thought, you know, why not share this with the general public as well? These are brilliant, you know, uh, speakers and practitioners and so forth. And so what we'll do usually is the Friday night before they do their their professional, their practitioner seminars on Saturday, we'll do a lay lecture for a couple of hours. And so we had one with um, Dr. Tom O'Brien here recently on gluten you know, problems, and I think mm-hmm. you interviewed him on, on the uh, uh, the show as well. Mm-hmm. Did a great job on the concerns on gluten. Excellent. Yeah, wasn't it really good? Yes. Good speaker. We had one, uh, Jay Lombard, who's a neurologist. He did one on the area of neuro- neurologic problems, ADD and autism and so forth. He was also really excellent as well. So we have... A few more coming in next year. We'll you keep you posted so you can keep your people posted as well. And the nice thing about it is we are putting together classes. Like when we put together our ADD class, we certainly used a lot of their research. And what you know, Definitely. Every, you know, yes. and when we're working with individual clients on gluten mm-hmm. sensitivities, 
we've used Dr. O'Brien's information over and over. over, and over. So it really helps us. We don't have to yeah. go dig through and find yes, all that research. it's right there. It's right there, and we can look at <laughs> it and see, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why reinvent the wheel? That's right, right. right. Yeah. I mean, it's already done for us. So, um, But listeners, I want us all to pretend that you are sitting with one of our nutritionists and you have a concern about your cholesterol. And your doctor maybe has recommended a statin medication to lower your cholesterol. And you kind of are concerned about taking a medication. You might have heard some side effects or just bad things about it. And you believe that diet and exercise can help, you know, change those le- levels. So, Well, that was kind of interesting, too. Anna, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, a recent a piece of research I had ran across and sent it out was looking at people with uh, chronic heart failure risk. Mm-hmm. And if they'd been on statin medications, which create coenzyme Q10 deficiencies, which I think we've talked about in the past as well, those people on average would die 25 years earlier than those that were not on statin drugs and the low coenzyme Q10 levels. I mean, that's huge. That is huge. So just uh, just say that, you know, because I think people are finally kind of waking up. And <laughs> 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 what, what did he say? That people actually die 25 years sooner? Yes, yeah. So, so I mean, if they have, you know, this this heart risk, which so many people have and so yes, forth, yep. and if they opt to do the statin medications, they, on average, will die from, you know, some kind that of a heart COVID. disease dysfunction and so forth 25 years sooner than if they had not done the statin drugs and not seen those coenzyme Q10 yes. deficiencies. Yeah. So very interesting, very interesting research, isn't it? It really is. And I always say if, if you're going to do a stat and if you decide to go down that avenue yes. because that's up to, to the person and so forth, at least be supplementing Quanzim Q10 because there's research that was done on mm-hmm. you know people doing like Lipitor with Quanzim Q10 and it would actually reverse much of the damage that right. occurred to the heart and the body, you know, from, from the statin medication, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think it's important just so everybody knows, CoQ10 is a very important antioxidant, gives our cells energy, all that stuff, just so in case people don't yeah. know what it is. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the most important nutrients, so. You know, I think, Anna, you know, we know that every week we see several people with yes. cholesterol questions and cholesterol concerns a lot of times. Yeah. You know, and they come in and they say, what do I eat to lower my cholesterol? (laughs) And, you know, or they might say, you know, my cholesterol is 220 and my doctor says it's too high. So. Well, first, I think everybody needs to understand what cholesterol is, what those numbers mean. You know, cholesterol basically is a substance found in every cell of our body. You took all the cholesterol out, we would basically die. Um, so, but it also, it also helps make our hormones, it insulates our nerves, it supports our memory, and it actually acts as a powerful antioxidant. So getting rid of those free radicals that cause cancer, very important for our body cells. Um, and it also helps repair tissues, which is one of the most important things when we're dealing with heart, heart, blood vessel issues, heart disease, all that stuff. So you're saying it isn't all bad. No, it's the firemen putting the fire out. (laughs) They always tell my clients. <laughs> I'm getting a visual of that. Yeah. <laughs> Good for all those visual people. <laughs> so when we look at blood chemistry reports, Greg, what do we what do we find? Well, you know, like Anna is saying, it's always easy to pick on you know the the cholesterol, the high cholesterol, yes. and so forth. But 
You know, more importantly, I think we have to look at, you know, what is the good cholesterol levels, the HDL levels of the person? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the triglyceride levels, too? Because that's been associated with, you know, diabetic risk and cardiovascular risks, you know, big time and so forth. And I also like to look at, you know, recently we've been talking more about, you know, these different apolipoproteins. There's an apolipoprotein B, is in boy, that's been shown to create more placking in our circulation and so forth. And there's an apolipoprotein A1 that's been shown to reduce, you know, this placking and so forth. And so looking at a ratio of apolipoprotein or ApoB, they call it, to ApoA1, sometimes is a better indicator of heart risk than even looking at just your straight cholesterol levels would be. Right. So if we kind of look at all these different things, you know, I when I'm sitting with a client, I say, okay, guys, let's look at your triglyceride level. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of describe triglycerides as kind of a sugar fat in your bloodstream. I think that's a pretty good, you know, so people can visualize that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your triglyceride level, if you look at your blood chemistry, you pull that out and you're looking at that this morning, it should be probably under 100 you know, in our classes, our weight and wellness classes, we always recommend maybe under 75 even. Yeah. And we find that sugar and processed carbs are the things, or alcohol, mm-hmm. that's what makes your cl- your triglyceride levels go up. And this is really <laughs> neat because Angela, one of our nutrition educators, when she came in for the first time, she had triglyceride levels of over a 1,000. That was before wow. she took her first weight and wellness class. Over a thousand. Wow, that's amazing. <clears throat> that's I know. Crazy. And she's young. She's not. Yeah. I mean, she's not old <laughs> by any means. No. This and... blood that looks like cream of tomato soup at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry right. about that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good visual too. So it, when she took our weight and wellness class, within three months, that had dropped eight hundred points. Wow. Wow. And now. Awesome. After being on the program and eating this way, her triglyceride level is only 100. Right. That's amazing. It it is. Truly amazing. (laughs) And, I mean, people are probably asking, what the heck did she do? But she basically, she was a vegetarian for like 25 years and um, eating a lot of carbohydrates. Um, She started eating more meat, more vegetables, healthy fats, and you know, she just saw saw all of her numbers normalize. Her triglycerides went down. Obviously, her LDL went down. Um, and, you know, she just stopped eating the cereal and the bagels and the pasta. So we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And we're discussing how you can achieve normal cholesterol levels by eating healthy fats. And we're going to talk about eating butter, avocados, olives, nuts, and olive oil. And replacing your processed carbs with real carbs like vegetables. And next Saturday, right after Dishing Up Nutrition, I'll be teaching the food connection to ADD, ADHD in Woodbury. So come join me. You know, I promise it's going to be an interesting two hours, and the cost is only $25. And if you have questions about cholesterol today, we've got the experts here. So it's 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Anna Durhak, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with Dr. Viss, also a licensed nutritionist, and our special special guest, the research man himself, Greg Peterson from Nutrition Dynamics. Um, so cholesterol is um, a huge concern today because 40 million people in the U.S. take a statin drug just to lower their cholesterol. And 
could it be the low fat times of, you know, the 1950s advice we are still hearing, um, which actually is not supported by much research? Oh yeah, yeah. We know that one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's and and I, you know, this is my kind of maybe take on it a little bit too. Is that you know, cholesterol wasn't as big of an issue, is supposedly as big of a health issue and so forth, until the drug companies had a drug that would significantly lower cholesterol. And Mm -hmm. because I can remember, you know, not too many years ago, that a two hundred cholesterol was fine. Right. Yes. Then became one eighty. Now they want one sixty, and so forth. And as you see those numbers coming down, you see the billions of dollars of profits going up for these drug companies too. So I think there's a little bit of something fishy going on. Yes. You know. Yeah. So talking about fishy, I think we have somebody online that has a question for us. Good morning, Carol. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi. Hi there. My my cholesterol is. like 250 and i've been i've been taking two 1000 um, milligram fish oil tablets a day and then just recently started adding omega red in with it is that too much oh no um too you know that's we would probably recommend more than that um, really yes yep. yeah um uh, oh, greg oh. you don't you i think you probably have a little bit of uh research on omega 3 fish oil uh-huh yeah, there was some really good information. It actually came from the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, um, and they were you know, going through an article that was out of atherosclerosis here recently, which is a very prestigious medical journal uh, dealing with heart problems and lipid, you know, like cholesterol problems and so forth. And they'd found that actually you're, you're really much better off in around the 3,000 milligrams right. a day of EPA, DHA to have a good effect on elevating HDL, the protective cholesterol, you know, getting the total cholesterol down, reducing the high elevated triglycerides and so forth. And so I think probably at this point for good cardiovascular protection, about 3,000 milligrams a day is more ideal. Yeah. And oh, I just, I tend to usually have people take 4,000 because that's what I take. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think, you know, you take two in the morning and two at night and yep. you've kind of got yourself covered and, and well, uh, it so don't, much. it's a great anti-inflammatory also. So yeah. thank Thanks you for the call know. this morning, Thanks Carol. Thank you so much. All right. So, you know, before we went on break, we were talking about the different kinds of, uh, when we're when you're looking at your blood chemistry, right. you'll see triglycerides, you'll see HDL, and then you'll see LDL. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that everybody seems to be concerned about, if they know these numbers at all, or even what mm-hmm. these mean. <laughs> so lots of times people don't even know what they mean. So maybe let's talk about LDL a little bit, Greg. So... Well, you know, I always think of things are in the body for a reason. You know, I mean, uh, you want to have a healthy level of LDLs because, you know, like Anna was saying earlier, they're involved in hormone production and and nerve health and immune, you know, uh, health and so forth as well. But you want to have it so that they're in a a reasonable amount because if they're too high, they can tend to lead to, you know, plaquing and so forth. But if they're too low, then you have this problem that you're not, you know, producing the hormones and the antibodies and the immunokines of supports too. So my mom was always big on moderation, balance, you know, in yep. life in general, yep, you yep. know, and that's what you want to have. I mean, look at blood sugar. If you have yeah. too high of a blood sugar, it's a problem. But, hey, if your blood sugar is too low, you're dead, you know, too. Yep. So let's keep kind of keep that in perspective that it does have some <laughs> good things it does as well. Yes. Definitely. So when we when we're looking at cholesterol and we're looking at say, you know, let let's just divide these a little bit and say say let's take a look at 
you know, what would be a really good number for somebody to have for an HDL number? You know, we really usually think of that as is the the better cholesterol number. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it should be always above what? 60 or above at least if you can, if, mm-hmm. if you can get it up there. Um, right now, mine's at 84. Well, that's you know? great. So when, I mean... <laughs> The higher You're an the overachiever. <laughs> you said that earlier, you guys. Yes, yeah, I, love, I like that word. That's my current word now. <laughs> so, yeah, but 60 and above is very protective if you mm-hmm. can get it higher, you know. So when we look at that and people are looking at their numbers and they are saying, oh, mine's 38. How am I going to get my HDL up a little bit? And I think the last caller, uh, Carol, she kind of gave us some clues about Okay, we need to do some omega-3 fish oil, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. And then also, and I know one of the things that you do a lot is... Exercise. Yes, Mm -hmm. exercise. It's one of the best things besides fish oil to help raise the HDL, you know? It really is. Even moderate exercise is huge for the cholesterol. And then there's one other thing that we always talk about (laughs) is not to eat... Trans fats, mm-hmm. because tr- we know that trans fats bring down your good cholesterol. And they raise the LDL. And where do we find trans fats again? Processed carbohydrates. <laughs> it's in muffins. It's in cakes. It's in crackers, chips. I French mean, fries. We see it in cereals sometimes, yes. you know. It's crazy, but it's everywhere. So let's, well, let's hold on that for just a minute. Let's take another caller this morning. Good morning, Jennifer. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning, guys. I appreciate you all. I've heard you all before, and I uh, appreciate all of your insight. I've been listening to you guys for years. Thank you very and much. I, yeah, and I'm just calling to dispel the myth about saturated fat. A lot of people out there are afraid of eating eggs for breakfast because, oh, I can't, my cholesterol. And I know there's a lot of people out there like that because they've had the conversation over and over. And it's just, I know there's people listening right now who are still afraid of eggs and um, beef and bacon and that kind of thing. And I just want you guys to explain the balance of saturated fat and that, they're, you know, it's more like you were saying the trans fat and the carbohydrates, the refined carbohydrates and, and that kind of thing. Well, you know, a couple of things that I always say, well, they're looking at 1950 nutrition Mm -hmm. because that's when a lot of our information that came out that was not accurately researched. And so what they did is they took and they wrapped saturated fat in with trans fats. Mm -hmm. And so saturated fats ended up getting the bad rap that it should have been actually, actually it should have been just trans fats. That partially hydrogenated or that hydrogenated oil. So, you know, we have we have so many people confused by that. When we're looking at eggs, that's yes. another one is, you know, people need to understand that cholesterol is actually made in our liver. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And most very, of it. Most of it. And very, very little of it comes from the food. Yep. And the thing that so then I always say, well, when I'm working with clients, I always say, well, now, what is making your liver make so much cholesterol? What are you doing that's making your <laughs> liver make so much cholesterol? Well, maybe they're drinking too much alcohol. Right. Mm-hmm. And that can make Definitely. your cholesterol go up. Or sure. maybe you're eating too much sugar and your liver <laughs> just doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. then your cholesterol goes up. We're yes. on some kind of medications too. Lot, that Stress really out the body. The, the liver. Sure. Yep. yep. So I think we're, you know, we have so many myths out there about saturated fat. And 
trans fats and cholesterol and I don't know. Can you can you add some more things? Yeah, to I can. Okay, <laughs> she's biting at the bit over here. I'm loaded. Today. Um, well, if if anybody remembers the Framingham Heart Study, which was done over like a 40 year span, mm-hmm. probably one of the longest ever running um, studies, and what what the actual um, the head researcher, Dr. William Castelli, um, in 1992, this was a long time ago, he, he was quoted as saying, in Framingham, Massachusetts, the more saturated fat one ate, the more cholesterol one ate, the more calories one ate, the lower the, lower the person's serum cholesterol levels. And then so they the all, lower the blood cholesterol levels. Yes, and they ate more saturated fat and more cholesterol than, most pe- you know, than other people eating the low-fat type of way um, that we think or we used to think you know, helped prevent heart disease. And, and then he goes on to say, too, we found that the people who ate the most cholesterol, ate the most saturated fat, and the most calories had the weighed the least and were the most physically active. Amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I, that's something to say when you think about mm-hmm. it, too. You know, I mean, saturated fats aren't the villain. You need a combination of those, all those healthy mm-hmm. fats. So you have to look at it in the whole perspective of things. You really do. And I always think of, you know, what Jennifer was saying, too, about some of these different foods, like your dairy and some of the, the, the beef and so forth. Mm-hmm. They contain a fatty acid called conjugated linoleic acid, acid, or CLA yes. you know, mm-hmm. is the term. And we know CLA has been intimately involved in reducing blood sugar problems, increasing insulin you know, sensitivity, so mm-hmm. blood sugar gets into the cells much more effectively. And they found, particularly with men, it's one of the most, at about 3,000 milligrams a day, one of the most effective things you can do to reduce belly fat. You know, yes, well. and it does seem to work very well for men. Yes. Mm-hmm. Conjugated linoleic acid, or CLA. And that's found in red meats and, yep. and dairy and all those kinds of things that you know sometimes people are afraid to, to consume. Right. You know. And it's yep. found in grass-fed meat much better. Yes, right. much and grass-fed yes. butter, definitely mm-hmm. higher levels, yes. It's great that you bring up this question about saturated mm-hmm. fat because so many people are afraid of eating butter, yeah, and then they'll end up eating margarine, which is actually a trans fat, which actually makes your cholesterol go up, you know, and your good yeah. cholesterol go down. Yeah, and also 50% of our cell wall is made of, of saturated fats, so it gives mm-hmm. us the integrity of our cells. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. That's a very good point, too. So, so we're going to have to take a quick break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, if you're looking to change your eating... Do it with accurate information. It's just what we've been talking about. You know, sign up for our weight and wellness series. Our section that we teach in our weight and wellness section, which is just a little bit in one of our classes, it's just maybe a short segment on cholesterol. We spent over three months researching that segment of our weight and wellness classes so that we had actual actual real information and that makes a difference. You know, during our last series of weight and wellness classes, Connie, one of our clients, lowered her LDL cholesterol number by 67 points by eating real food. That meant she ate butter and (laughs) And she had no statin medication, no medication at all. So check our website at weightandwellness.com for a class location and, you know, time that is really convenient for you. Nutritional information taught in a real fun, because, you know, Anna, you teach a lot of them, an interactive way that helps you make lifestyle changes. And so questions about cholesterol, 651-641-1071. So welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. 
As Dar mentioned, we offer lots and lots of classes, which I love to teach. And um, also, I see clients on Saturdays. So if Saturdays work out best for you or you just don't want to have to take off time um, during work, um, I would love to see you. My husband um, is able to watch my little girls at home. So I get to do what I love. Um, <laughs> and so I'm at the St. Paul office. And then Cassie also sees clients on Saturdays. And she's in the YZ office. So if you have more questions about that, and Cassie is a registered dietitian, um, so if you have more questions, call 651-641-1071 for your cholesterol issues. I think we're going to take a couple of quick callers here this morning. Good morning, Lindsay. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning. Good morning there. I am 34, and my cholesterol levels, last time I had them checked, are 310, mm-hmm. and I follow your program religiously, and I, I do the best I can. I probably do eat a little too much sugar, but, you know, I'm working on it. Okay. And I'm wondering if I should be taking an omega-6 supplement, like evening primrose oil. I do take um, 2,000 milligrams of, of fish oil every day, and I take my CoQ10 and my vitamin D and calcium and magnesium and all that, but should I be adding in an omega-6? Well, not unless you have some other, like, skin issues or hormonal issues, that's what we usually think of uh, omega-6 GLA or primrose oil as benefiting, not so much for cholesterol. Um, you, so you said that your cholesterol number was 300? 310. 310. And if you look at those numbers, do you know, do you divide them? Do you know what your HDL is? You know, I, I don't rightly recall, but I remember that my HDL numbers were high. They were good, but okay. then my LDL numbers were really high. Okay. So what we're going to do, Lindsay, later on in the program, we're going to talk about some ways that you can reduce that LDL number nutritionally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, stay tuned to, and, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later, if that's okay. Yeah, that's great. Okay. But, uh, because I think... Omega six is not for me at this time. I don't think it. I don't think it's necessary unless you've got some skin issues or, you know, if you're having a lot of hor- you know hormonal issues, then yes, because that's the the fatty acid that seems to work best on the your skin cells and on your your cells in your ovaries. Um, but if not, then I don't think you really need that. What do, Greg? Would you concur with that kind of? I really would. Yeah, I think exactly more what Dar is saying. You know, the the skin, if you like eczema, psoriasis kinds of things mm-hmm. or, you know, something along those lines more so or, or like a lot of premenstrual tension and, and so on. You think of the omega-6, the uh, evening primrose oil, but uh, for the cardiovascular things, really it's the omega-3s. Yeah, right. And you could even take more, Lindsay, than you are, 2,000 milligrams, more therapeutic doses, three to four for cholesterol. Yes, should I take it all together or space it out throughout the day? I recommend spacing it out. Okay. Well, then maybe I'll just give that bottle of omega-6 to my menopausal mother. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> Find a friend. Thanks, Lindsay. <laughs> Thank you for the call. So I want to really take this caller, too. Good morning, Ann. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Yes, I'm Ann. I'm in my late 80s. Uh-huh. And I was concerned because I had my blood checked three months ago. I went in on Tuesday, and my doctor was quite alarmed. My cholesterol had dropped from 150, no, pardon, 152 to 116. And okay. That yeah. was kind of a shock. I'm on Lipitor. Oh, okay. You're on Lipitor. And also my HDLs were 45, LDLs were 49. Okay. And I eat a lot of butter. <laughs> okay. So I was just wondering what I'm doing wrong 
to drop the Lipitor. I mean, drop it so quickly. Yes. I mean, obviously, that would be a good thing. She cut my Lipitor right away. Okay, yes. And, Greg, you know, I know you brought some research as far as what, you know, the health risk when your cholesterol gets so low is, Mm -hmm. you know... You want to kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's like we we're saying before about balance. You know, if your blood sugar is too high, it's a problem. If it's too low, it's a problem too. So the same thing, really, with your cholesterol. If it's too high, it's a cardiovascular risk and so forth. If it gets too low, like yours is, it also can be an indicator of some serious healthcare problems occurring as well. You know, some of the um, people who do a lot of blood analysis and trippitation feel that that is actually called it an ominous sign yes. that there's something wrong going on. And so I, I would go to somebody who really knows nutrition well, can do a nutritional workup on you and find out, you know, why is your cholesterol dropped so far? You know, maybe it's just due to the Lipitor or it might be something different. But uh, I would, you know, like you have done already, get the Lipitor cut down. Uh, I'd work with your, your doctor and getting it maybe eliminated and at the same time, I'd be looking at getting on some coenzyme Q10 because that Lipitor has depleted your levels of coenzyme Q10. And remember, coenzyme Q10 is is intimately involved in cell energy production. You know, so it's going to affect the overall function of your body so significantly. You know, and the other thing that, just so you understand, CoQ10 is an antioxidant that is actually produced in your liver. So when you're taking that statin drug, you are no longer able to make or produce CoQ10 from your liver. So then that's why we get so depleted in it. My liver was 25. Uh, well, that it, means anything. Well, you know, as far as your liver enzymes, I, you know, I'm not sure what that means. I'd have to look at a blood chemistry. But also we also know that for um, liver enzymes to be off, your liver has really not working very well at all because it's they don't have tests that detect that very well. And so it's you need to, you know, it's basically, if you take a, a statin drug, you need to be taking CoQ10 because it's, that's the only way you're going to get it because your liver is not going to be making it. And that puts, your, that puts you at more of a health risk. Well, thank so, you very much. So thanks for the call. That was a great call this yeah. morning for us. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. So, you know, let's kind of uh, go back to this just a little bit as as we were kind of talking about, you know, maybe what we should talk about a little bit. If your LDL numbers are higher than you want to, mm-hmm. first let's talk about food. And then after break, we're going to talk about other things that we can that can help bring those LDL down, numbers down without actually doing a statin medication. So when we talk about that, Anna, you and I, let's just talk about the things that make your LDL cholesterol go up. So sugar. A, you know, sugar. <laughs> sugar yeah. is one of the number one things. Um, but then trans fats, too. Anything, any spread that has hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated oil, a straight margarine, if you make cookies and it, they've got shortening in them, any type of processed oil is going to make your cholesterol levels go up, your LDL go up. So you're talking like soybean oil. Soybean oil, corn oil, even canola oil, which is touted as being such a heart-healthy oil. If it's refined and damaged by heat, it is not a good oil. So almost, if you start to look at labels, Mm -hmm. it's almost Mm -hmm. anything that you're buying 
that is pre-made yes. has some of these refined damaged oils in them. Right. And they also also usually have either sugar yep. or high fructose corn syrup. Yes. And that's the major one, the high fructose corn syrup. It's so it's so concentrated that it actually um, starts to affect the way our liver metabolizes things. And, you know, it can stress it out. And, and again, when you are putting stress on your liver, like Anna said, what happens is your, your, your liver actually starts making more cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And it's usually the cholesterol that we don't want. Yes, it's the, the LDL HDL. cholesterol. Yes. So that's, those are some of the steps. And then the other step is you've got to start eating real protein, real, mm-hmm. real meat. Real meat. You know, real meat, like chicken breast and mm-hmm. fish and grass-fed steak. Yes. yes. And then the other thing you have mm-hmm. to start eating is lots and lots of vegetables. Yep. I think it's kind of shocking because I've been keeping very close track of my what I've been eating for the last few weeks and making sure that you're eating vegetables for breakfast and eating vegetables for lunch and eating vegetables for dinner and eating maybe two or three cups of vegetables at least at each one of these meals, <laughs> even at breakfast. Yep. And then you end up feeling great. And then the last thing is we got to make sure that we add good fats. You want to mm-hmm. talk about that just a minute? Yeah. And the, the good fats we're talking about, oh, the good fats we're talking about basically are the extra virgin olive oil and even butter and avocados and those raw nuts and seeds. They all have different properties that help with heart health. Yes. So So we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and I'm happy to say we have over 15,000 iTunes listeners now. So tell your family and friends, and we'll continue to bring you nutritional information that can change your life. So go to our website, weightandwellness.com, and click on iTunes and sign up. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Anna Derhock, licensed nutritionist, and I am here with Dr. Viss, also a licensed nutritionist, and our special guest, Greg Peterson, from Nutrition Dynamics, co-owner, a company providing quality supplements to all healthcare professionals. So as we were talking about cholesterol, and we were, we were going to zero in a little bit on LDL, and I guess, you know, the first question we have to ask is, a higher LDL number truly a health risk? Well, it's a good question. Now, it is a good question. Mm-hmm. We, I don't think Definitely. everybody knows for sure. So about 30% of Americans have LDL levels that are considered really too high. And But the interesting thing is that people will go on these statin drugs, and after a year, guess what? They stop taking them because they have side effects from them, and they just decide, you know, they don't want the achy muscles and the fatigue and all the things that... Some people get when they take statin drugs, mm-hmm. so then they they stop taking them. So, you know, that's kind of an interesting thing, isn't it? Yeah. And Greg, you have some information about Canada's um, policy, kind of, and what their government's kind of been doing. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. And you'll see this actually around the world quite a bit, too, Anna, not just Canada. But, you know, they have placed warnings on statin drugs, alerting that these drugs you know, can actually reduce this coenzyme Q10 nutrient mm-hmm. in the body, which can actually lead to even heart failure. Uh, there can be like ventricular, left ventricular dysfunction, mm-hmm. which it, what it means to our, our people is that that's mm-hmm. a precursor to congestive heart failure. Yeah. 
So it's not a, a, a minimal. the end all of heart disease. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Not, not where <laughs> not you want to be, you know, no. by any means. You know, mm-hmm. so it can do that. It can cause impaired memory, confusion, muscle aches, uh, inflammation, weakness, et cetera. Right. Right so the they're label. actually putting a warning now on these mm-hmm. statin drugs mm-hmm. on the prescription bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, we know anybody who's ever researched heart, di- heart disease knows that the number one cause of it is inflammation. Right. So it's kind of scary when, you know. And not cholesterol, medic- actually. Yeah, not cholesterol. I mean, that is one of the least factors when you're looking at heart disease risk. So, so we know that there's just tons and tons of side effects. And, you know, there's like muscle aches, fatigue, memory problems, and... You know, there's an interesting study that it actually had 3,000 pe- or 300,000 people in it. And they found that the, this research that the people that took the high dose of statin drugs that really reduced their LDL cholesterol very low, they had a higher risk of cancer. And you were kind of talking about that earlier in the show. But mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of come back to that because I, I don't think people realize that, mm-hmm. that when they get their LDL down too low, that they have a higher risk of getting cancer. Yeah. That, that's kind of... It, it really is. No. So, you know, we, before we had a caller that wanted, you know, and I, it sounds like her LDL cholesterol, maybe it's just a little bit too high. Mm-hmm. We might recommend at least lowering that some. And so we talked about the foods before. So, Greg, let's talk about some other supplements that what well, we use in our office, and I know you provide them. So let's talk about... I mean, you've got a two or three things. Yeah, there's a couple of things, and we talked about this earlier, too, is, um, you know, of course, the whole dietary thing is so important, and what you do is a foundational, you know, piece and so forth. But, you know, the question is, can we do more right. than that with supplementation? And we definitely can. You know, uh, there, there's a, a product that uh, I think you use, the Ultra Meal, you know, Plus 360 you mm-hmm. know, formula. And it's it's classified as a medical food, you know, meaning that has all of the macro nutrients, your protein, your carbohydrates, your fibers, your good fats, and so forth. Also has the macro nutrients too, your vitamins and minerals and other kind of associated factors like that. And then we um, put into it some different kind of herbal combinations that have been researched very uh, well to show that it is involved in. Speaking to the cells, that's the, probably the best way okay. I can uh, mm-hmm. say it, that it tells the cells to do the right things. Mm-hmm. And we know that's what food does in general, mm-hmm. too. And so if you can have specific, you know, food concentrates, it kind of amplifies that effect, you know, as well. So this Ultra Meal Plus 360 product, that's what it is. It's a medical food. Mm-hmm. The FDA allows it to be called a medical food because we've done the human clinical trials to show that's effective. So now, Greg, you know, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, meal replacement formulas out there on the shelf or these <laughs> detox formulas. Mm-hmm. Is this what you're talking about? Exactly. You know, everybody has some kind of a meal replacement detox formula, cleansing formula, weight loss tank kinds of things and so forth. But they can't be called medical foods like our products can be because they're not doing the human clinical studies on the product to show that it's safe and it's effective. And it's effective. Now, we have done that, so the FDA allows us to put right on the label, medical food, Ultra Meal Plus, you know, 360 medical food. And, and we did, we've had some published studies, one that was uh, done here recently in one of the nutritional journals that was comparing diet, which we know is so important, right. to diet along with the Ultra Meal Plus 360. 
just to give you, you know, a couple of quick statistics, not to beat this to death, you know, but right. uh, talking about LDLs, when you did the diet alone, you get about an 8% reduction, 8 to 11% reduction in LDL cholesterol. When you add the Ultra Meal Plus 360 to that, now it becomes 16 to 28%. Okay, that's great. Yeah. people, you know. Yeah. Uh, another good example there, we talk about, um, you know, things like your triglycerides. Mm-hmm. You know, just on the good diet that we've been talking about and so forth, it'll reduce it by about 12%. Okay. You add this medical food to it, now it becomes 33% reduction mm-hmm. in elevated you know, triglycerides. Wow. Well, you know, one of the things, people are so busy these days, and I and I even found this for myself, is I can take that Ultra Meal 360, and I, I add another scoop of protein powder mm-hmm. to it, too. I would, too. <laughs> and I put it in a container with some ice cubes with water, and then I just shake it, and it blends up. The ice cubes actually act as a little blender, mm-hmm. and I shake it up, and I can drink it. You know, if I'm going to go teach a class or if I'm in between clients and I can drink it quick and I know I've got the right thing and it's easy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it, it blends up nice and it's easy and you feel good because it actually has a lot of things in it that is anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. And I so I'm always looking at those things that's going to reduce inflammation in my system because I believe that that's our real cardiovascular risk is inflammation. Right. right. Yeah. And so that's what I do. Now, you also have a supplement that we use just a lot in our office. It's called cardioxin. Mm-hmm. And, yep. I, you know, I, I have to try these things with clients <laughs> before mm-hmm. I believe that. I mean, you can come and tell us, <laughs> but sometimes I have to have the proof. And I have yes. pro- we have lots of proof on this one. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about cardioxin and how, how it was founded and formulated and... Yeah, it's actually one of my favorites because it was a bet, a bit of a pet project I had with at the time a researcher at the University of Minnesota Medical School, and um, we would, we had come up with you know this combination of nutrients you know that would be good for reducing lipids and, and cholesterol and so forth, and we did human clinical trials and we found you know Dar a beautiful effect reducing elevated cholesterol, LDL cholesterol, increasing HDL cholesterol, reducing that bad ApoB you know and so yes. forth as well. So. Well, it's my favorite, too. Thank you for listening today. We really enjoyed it. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Thanks Anne. Welcome. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for letting me be on. Bye.